Thanks for joining me, Kerry Hammond, for this episode of Food and Drink Business Bites, a podcast that brings food and drink businesses in the Highland Council area all of the latest events, resources, funding opportunities and support available through the Highlands and Islands Enterprise Food and Drink Business Support Service, part of the Northern Innovation Hub Food and Drink Tech Hub project. I'm joined today on the podcast by Martin Shering, who is one of the trustees of the Highland Good Food Partnership and one of the partners of FEAST, a common interest group through the Food and Drink Tech Hub. Martin, I'm really excited to have you on Food and Drink Business Bites today. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Where are you in the country at the moment? Where are we talking to you? I'm in Kulboki on the Black Isle. Um, yeah, so we've got a, um, it's actually a, a farm holding, although we don't farm, but we've got a couple of fields that um, we let out for sheep um, and we grow quite a lot of our veg. So that's our sort of direct food involvement, I suppose. Martin, tell me more about the Highland Good Food Partnership. Gosh, that's a big question. Um so the Highland Good Food Partnership, well, the origin of it, um, which is probably going back about five years now, maybe more than that. So it came because I'm involved. I'm also a trustee of uh, an organization called Transition Black Isle, which r- at the time ran three of four uh, monthly markets on the Black Isle. Um, and we were very pleased, feeling very pleased with ourselves to have introduced that fourth one because that meant that there was a market pretty much every Saturday um, all through the year. So that seemed like a, a really good good place to be. But then we sat back and we thought, well, it's all very well, but it's still very much a minority way of getting local food to people. And what could we do to make it much more easily available? Um, and I had a conversation with a lady called Emma Whittam, who used to run the Dingwall Food Assembly, again, some years back, um, which was a sort of online market. And we just put our heads together and we thought, well, we don't really know the answer. Um, But maybe if we organized some kind of a conference, we could find people who did know the answers. So long story short, we, um, we went all around the houses. We had COVID, which sort of put a bit of a different perspective on things. And we decided eventually that we'd have an online conference um, very early in 2001, to, to, sorry, 2021. Um, and uh, we were kind of overwhelmed, really. There's about 100 people um, turned up for each of five Monday afternoon sessions and paid for the privilege. And what became apparent really was that people are looking at the whole food system. So not just looking at how we produce more or how we encourage people to buy more, but how we actually get into educating people about how their food is produced and what to do with um, food that hasn't been sort of frozen and processed. Um, And also how we deal with food waste and whether, whether we can do things to reduce food waste um, and how we deal with nutrition and health and all the issues that arise from food. So you start with one question and it very rapidly sort of expands to be something that applies to everyone, really. Um, So that's 
that was what happened. And at the end of the conference, we said, well, we need an organization to take this forward. So we formed uh, as a, a charity, as we're a, a skier, Scottish Charitable Incorporated Organization. Um, and uh, we are a sustainable food place. So we got a small amount of grants from that organization. And we're also the regional food group for the Highlands. So again, we get a small amount from that. So, it, which is quite an interesting place to be because we're then kind of holding both that very commercial um, aspect of things from the regional food group with the more environmental and societal issues that come from the sustainable food places. I'm, go I'm gonna ask what may sound like a silly question here. I mean, you would say the name is in the title, it's the Highland Good Food Partnership, but what does that area look like? How far do you cover? Where are your members? Well, we cover the, the Highland Council area. So both the regional food groups and the sustainable food places are kind of tied to local authority boundaries, um, which at times seems a little bit illogical because there's a lot going on in Murray that is very relevant to what we're doing and also on some of the islands. So, uh, But I think if we tried to expand into other areas, it's hard enough dealing with one local authority, but dealing with more than one would be uh, very challenging. And how many members do you have at the moment? Oh, I haven't counted actually, which I should do because it's our AGM on Saturday and uh, I do need to get the, the registered members sorted out. But I think it's about 200. There's quite a lot of food and drink businesses. There's quite a lot of um, community growing projects. There's individuals. There's uh, people who have uh, jobs within Highland Council, within HIE, UHI. So lots of agencies that have got relevant um, relevant members of staff. So tell me about your AGM coming up. What does that day look like? Oh goodness. Well, this is another of our ongoing problems um, and it was kind of illustrated a bit by that original conference because the Highlands is such a huge area that if you try and do anything as an in-person event it, it's a massive problem for people from some part of the Highlands and probably most of the Highlands in fact but then if you do it um, as an online event you lose a little bit of the spark and the interest and the excitement so what we've decided to do um, with a certain amount of trepidation, is we decided to have a series of um, in-person hubs. Um, so we've got three hub events, one in Inverness, one in Fort William, and one uh, just north of Ellipool at Elfin. And we've also got a series of um, other groups who've created events which will have a bit of a breakout for the AGM. So there's one of those on Sky, one in Ardguy, there's one in Abbeymore and one in Edmonton. Um, and then in addition to that, there's about a dozen or more people who are going to just come along to the Zoom. So out of all that, what we've got is probably about seven or eight um, in-person events, which the, the AGM will be a half an hour of that, which will be the formal bit online. And then we're encouraging people just to go off and do some kind of celebration of local food and drink. And in some cases, that's at a local food business. So the Inverness one is at the Natural Veg Company in uh, Torbrack. 
the elf in one is at the elf in tea rooms, where one of our trustees is a crofter there, um, et cetera, et cetera. So some of them are local businesses. Some are, there's one in uh, Fort William, which is a community group, community growing group. Um, and it's kind of part of this whole business that the food sector involves individuals growing in their back gardens. It involves community groups, some of which is to do with uh, uh, th therapy and um, that kind of thing, some of which is to do with social interaction, which is also therapeutic. And then, of course, a lot of it is to do with local food producers. And it's nice if you can see those connections and make it clear that it's not just one, it's the whole picture. It sounds like a, a really innovative response to that challenge of, you know, geographically, we're so far spread. It sounds like an incredibly innovative, accessible and inclusive response to that. That's amazing to see. And... I think that's actually a great example for a lot of organizations out there who perhaps struggle with a similar geographical challenge. You've brought inclusivity not only into who's attending and what their interests are, but actually how people can attend and how people can be there. Staying on that theme of um, inclusivity and bringing people together, can you tell me a little bit more about Feast. Feast. Well, to give it its full name, the Black Isle Feast. Um, so that was originally an idea that came from uh, a guy called John Palmer, who runs the Cromarty Cheese House. Um, and his his idea really was that the Black Isle um, is fantastically placed for producing food and drink because we've got the sea all around us. We've got good fertile ground we've got a very benign climate compared with some of the the parts of the west coast um and uh we've also got two breweries and a distillery so you know we're we're pretty well placed um and yet it's the same old problem really that still probably 95 percent of the food and drink that's consumed uh on the black isle is bought through the supermarkets and uh because uh, most of the supermarkets don't have a distribution centre in the Highlands, so inevitably anything that's produced on the Black Isle goes off somewhere else, gets packaged up at a distribution centre and it could end up anywhere, and you just can't tell, really, whether it's um, local produce or not. Um, and he was coming at it very much from the point of view of climate change and climate adaptation and resilience, and thinking, well it would be much better if we weren't relying on these massive long um, supply chains and had a, you know, used the benefit of all, all these small producers that there are around in the Highlands um, and, and made sure that we were resilient to, to problems in the future. So that was where we started. And he said, well, why don't we have a, a big meal and we'll produce, we'll, we'll have all the ingredients, all, absolutely all, uh, produced on the Black Isle. And I said, oh boy, that, that sounds like a, a bit of a tall order. So we knocked it around anyway. And um, he said, well, you know, I've got a long list here of people who are interested and would be, he thought, prepared to contribute. So he put in the application to the um, Food and Drink Tech Hub. 
um, and that was accepted. So we've been working with SAC Consulting through that scheme uh, for the last, oh, I'm not sure how many months, a few months anyway. Um, and uh, we've had one event at the Black Isle Brewery, which was really designed to pull people in and to knock ideas around as the sort of events that might work for that. And then just last weekend, we had the Black Isle Food and Drink Festival, which actually was organized by a local community trust, the Koboki Community Trust. Um, but it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we got, they, they made somewhere close to £2,000 for the charity, which is absolutely unbelievable. Um, I don't know how many people we had there, but it was just the place was heaving with people uh, buying locally produced food and drink and blathering away and just enjoying the atmosphere. So it was really, really good. And we saw that probably as the, like the first public event of this process of um, just increasing the availability and awareness of local food and drink. So the Black Isle Feast is is known through the Food and Drink Tech Hub as a common interest group. The common interest group um, strikes a chord really with some of the themes that we have in the Highland Good Food Partnership because it seems to us that there's such a lot of smaller producers in the Highlands um, and certainly if you stack them up against the supermarkets and all the systems that they control uh, it's very much a sort of David and Goliath thing but if the smaller guys got together and pulled their resources and worked to their strengths then they've got much more of a chance of achieving something and I think that's the case um, that's kind of what we're trying to do on the Black Isle so it's the co it's the, that collaborative nature of, of what can be done we're hoping that the Black Isle feast could be a precursor to other parts of the Highlands picking up on the idea and also running with it. What's next for the Black Isle Feast? Well, that's a good question again. Um, I suppose we're, we're sort of sitting back and wiping our foreheads a little bit after Saturday. Uh, I think it would be good if the Kilboki Community Trust was interested in doing a similar event next year to do that but also possibly have a series of other different things going on elsewhere in the Black Isle around the same time so to make it a wider festival rather than just a single event um, and I could envisage for instance maybe some of the allotments having open days maybe some of the pubs and restaurants having a special meal and going back to this idea of a meal completely from black owl ingredients which i still think is a bit of a a bit of a struggle because you know where are you going to get a salt and your, <laughs> your uh i don't know your cooking oil from it's it's difficult you know i mean i know there's calice oil just across the firth but i don't think there's anything produced on the black owl so anyway um but you you could still envisage a, a menu where just the black isle ingredients are highlighted and it, it makes people think a, bit, a little bit. Would you recommend going through the common interest group process to somebody else? 
I would heartily recommend it. It's um, it, it's really been useful for us because really it's it, the, 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 this process is being steered by me and John, and the two of us have both got loads and loads of other things to do, and it's great to actually have a process there with other people involved who uh, say, okay, guys, it's time we had another meeting. These are the things on the agenda. And just to control that and move it forward. Uh, and also to look at some of our ideas and say, well, hang on, you're getting ahead of your health, yourselves there, you know. Uh, but also maybe say sometimes when we're feeling a bit despondent, well, actually, there's another way of looking at it and maybe you could do it this way. So... Um, yeah, I think it's been really useful to us and, and really helped us to move things along uh, and give us some insights into their experience of how things are done elsewhere. And I think because it's because the consultancy is pro provided by SAC Consulting, um, so even though it's a Highland project, they're bringing in expertise and knowledge from what happens elsewhere in Scotland, which I think is really useful. So the Highland Good Food Partnership has the the commercial part, the membership groups. The Highland Good Food Partnership also uh, helped with the application for the Black Isle Feast, the common interest group. But you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you also have a, an aim, a job to do. A, a big part of the Highland Good Food Partnership is the sustainable food places. Yeah, okay. So... Um the, the sustainable food places movement was started in England and then uh, became a UK-wide phenomenon a few years back. And their aim is to get a partnership in each local authority area in the UK. And I'm not sure how far it is in Scotland now, but it's, it's not far off having either an established partnership or one which is in the process of forming in each local authority area. So it, it's actually caught on quite well. And the idea is actually very similar in a lot of ways to the regional food groups. The, the idea is to um, form a partnership between the public and private sector, but also, if you can do, to bring in, for instance, the educational sector uh, and individuals as well. Uh, so everyone who's got an interest in the food sector, which of course is everyone, ex you know, everyone full stop. Um, and uh, they're looking at the food system through the prism of uh, both um, both the commercial side of things, which is also represented through the regional food group, but also through more social issues to do with diet and food poverty um, and uh, yeah, and health issues and education and waste and all that sort of stuff. When it comes to the diet and uh, you know nutrition, we know that there are there are people living in food poverty you know all over Scotland unfortunately at the moment. Um, does the good food bill? play into the sustainable food places so it's the it's the good food nation act now because it's actually been passed into legislation yes it's absolutely uh that is absolutely pushing scotland 
into an era where we look at food on a systems basis and so rather than looking at it bit by bit to look at the whole food system so it's exactly what we've been saying uh, for some time or it should be anyway um, and of course the proof of the pudding uh, to use a bit of a pun will be in the eventual eating <laughs> um, but where we are at the moment is that the Scottish government is producing a draft food plan which will be out for consultation shortly and then each local authority and NHS board will be obliged to produce their own food plan uh, which will be consistent with the national one and what sustainable food places in Scotland is pushing for is rather than have uh, for instance for us the Highland Council and NHS Highland producing separate plans without really consulting each other th that we as the Highland Good Food Partnership bring them together and also bring in the producers uh, and representatives from NFUS and the Scottish Crofting Federation um, and uh, the various other sectors that are involved you know, uh, uh, and try to produce one food plan which ticks everyone's boxes and everyone can be signed up to and everyone is committed to doing something about it. So that's what we're really hoping that we can make some progress on. What kind of work is the Highland Good Food Partnership doing around food waste and waste streams? Something like 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions arise from producing food, which is then wasted, which is a massive, massive number. Um, and then, of course, in the Highlands, um, things are even more complicated because although there's a national requirement for local authorities to collect food waste separately and uh, deal with it separately, generally through anaerobic digestion, I think, um, because there's a derogation for uh, settlements of less than 10,000 people where they don't have to do that in smaller settlements. And um, I'm not sure of the exact situation at the moment, but up until recently, certainly the only um, the only settlement bigger than 10,000 in the Highlands was Inverness. So that was the only place where food waste was being correct, collected separately. And all the rest of it goes into the, uh, the, the normal bin. It's not quite the same with commercial properties, actually, but all the rest of it goes into the normal bin and then just goes into landfill where it produces methane, which is a massive, massive problem in global warming terms. So, uh, sorry, I've got diverted a bit off your question, but coming back to what we're trying to do about it. So we've got two initiatives there. The one which is least well formed is uh, an aim to try and get some community composting going. And we've been working with Zero Waste Scotland to come up with a website which sets out the, uh, the rules and regulations associated with that, which are quite challenging and quite demanding, but also shows some of the, um, some of the initiatives that have been done elsewhere, which get around those, those hurdles. And that's uh, called Highland Composting. So if people want to Google that and have a look, then that's quite good. Um, but I can't say that I really know of any examples where that is working at the moment in the Highlands, but we're still working on that. The other thing which uh, is a bit more developed is that Zero Waste Scotland have produced uh, a tool for hospitality businesses, which is uh, um, 
helping them measure their food waste and proposing ways in which they can reduce it and also giving them the implications of that in terms of their costings. So it's, it's aiming to reduce food waste in hospitality businesses, not purely from an environmental point of view, although we'd hope that people feel that that's important, but also from a financial point of view, because there's no point in paying out good money for food that ends up in the bin and then have to pay to have someone come and take it away. So I'll pop a link to uh, the Highland Composting website in the show notes. If there are hospitality businesses listening who'd be interested in finding out more about that tool, where can they where can they get that information? Well, um, the best bet is probably to email Brenna at highlandgoodfood.scot. I'll pop that email address in our show notes as well. Well, it it certainly sounds like you, Martin, are an incredibly busy man. And it sounds like the Highland Good Food Partnership is an exceptionally busy organisation. Um, I have to say a, a big thank you for giving us some of your time to come on the podcast today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode of Food and Drink Business Bites, please subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you'd like to attend any of our events or find out more about anything we mentioned in the episode, check out the show notes for more information and links. This podcast is brought to you in association with Highlands and Islands Enterprise Food and Drink Tech Hub Business Support Service, a Northern Innovation Hub project funded by the City Region Deal.